0: Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Christmas Lights. It's interesting that lights have become one of the most notable decorations used to celebrate the birth of the one who is called the light of the world. We'll take a closer look at what this means during this message series, Christmas Lights.
1: We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact
0: us, and send us an email. Well, good morning, everybody, and Merry Christmas. It's good to be here with you, our church family. Uh, we're in this series uh, about uh, light into darkness, and uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that that Cynthia has her own personal has her own personal story to tell uh, this morning. So I invited Cynthia to join me up here this morning and and share her story.
1: Thank you. Um, I, usually at the beginning of the week, I ask Clark what he's going to teach on and then I try to pray around that for him, pray over him um, that God would bless him with resources and just God's presence and his word. And on Monday, he said that he was gonna be teaching about despair, and I feel like I've really been the poster child for despair for the last year and a half. So on Tuesday, he said, how about it? You know, do you think you wanna share? Uh, so I'm gonna share my story about the last year and a half of, uh, of where I've been. In May 2017, my mom passed away after a long illness and I was blessed to be with her as she passed um, and really tell her some important things. It was a really sacred time, but I'm gonna tell you that I could never have predicted the grief that washed over me in the, in the months uh, that followed. And within the same time, my daughter and I were experiencing some brokenness in our relationship. Um, And this was devastating to my mom heart and very unexpected heartbreak. Simultaneously, I've had some friends who have walked away. And that just seemed to kind of compound the loneliness. But throughout the losses, my sweet um, husband's aortic valve was hardening. And I met him when I was 17, and he has been just the love of my life since then. And so to continue to go to Hartford Hospital and hear news that was not good was just overwhelming. If you know me, you know that I love to pray. I've been really faithful in praying over these things, over these relationships, face down in the carpet, talking to God about my children My husband, my family, you guys, my work. But now I found myself face down in the fibers of my living room carpet without any words to say. I was barely able to pray and I wondered why so many relationships were broken. I didn't see it coming. I would drive to school or the grocery store and I would just whisper, come on, like where are you? I've seen you work in so many people's lives. Come on, I need you to pull through on this for me. I would recount my losses, and it just seemed like so many around me had prayers that had been answers, that had been answered, or at least heard, and I just didn't understand why. And very honestly with you, for the first time since I was 14 year, years old, I really wondered if God was for me. I was nothing but honest, and my grief was really raw with him. As the darkness persisted, Clark encouraged me to reach out to a wise Christian counselor that we know. I knew in my heart that if I wanted things to be different, I was going to have to do something different. And I knew in my heart that I couldn't just continue to just barely survive each day. I needed to recalibrate, and usually in life I could recalibrate, but I couldn't get up. I couldn't recalibrate on my own this time. So I called this beautiful mentor and I told her that I could barely breathe and she invited me over. This beautiful woman sat with me as I wept over missing pieces. She listened and she prayed over me. And she and I would get together, She she would encourage me to invite Jesus into the darkness. She encouraged me to tell him everything and to read through the Psalms. And she encouraged me oh so tenderly to allow myself to be loved by my heavenly Father. And she kept reassuring me every time I left her doorstep that I could trust him with my despair, that light would come into my darkness. I was reading the book, a book called The Dream of You by Joe Saxton at this time. And in it, she writes about Ezekiel walking through a graveyard with the Lord. And as eerie as it sounds, my heart actually perked up because I recognized the location. I knew this is exactly where I was in a dark and barren land that had undergone some devastation. But at least now I had a location. At least now I had a place where I could head out from. In Ezekiel 37, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth, back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. As I continued my own journey into healing, I walked back and forth, back and forth. I picked up the bones of things that felt distant and heartbreaking. I love the first verse in Ezekiel 37. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, I wasn't walking alone. He reassures us all the time in his word that we're not alone. But this time he said, my hand is upon you. God didn't rush me. And for once, I didn't rush through the process because I knew that when I left this place, I didn't want to come back. I wanted to do the work that needed to be done so that I could leave this boneyard and walk straight into freedom darkness into light, no bone left uncovered. I wanted to deal with all the hurts and all the fears right there in this dark and barren land. And as I picked up the bones of loss, I asked God what he had to say about it. And I asked God what he had to say about me. I invited him into my feelings and circumstances, and I read the Psalms as my sweet new friend had encouraged me to do. Listen to the word of God. It says in Psalm 55:18, 18, but I call to the Lord and he saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. He ransoms me unharmed from the battle waged against me. So not only did he say, my hand is on your shoulder, I'm with you. And not only did I know where we were and where we were walking, But he said, girl, we're going to come through this one unharmed. I've got you. He ransoms me unharmed. He ransoms you unharmed. I started to read God's word out loud. It made me feel strong and victorious to declare his promises all through the house. And as I started to talk with him, and as we walked back and forth, back and forth, you know what happened? As I reconnected with the heart of God through his word, I reclaimed my faith that God's word was for me. That no matter what my circumstances were, he never changed, and he doesn't change. I started hearing from him as we walked back and forth and back and forth that he actually hadn't taken an early retirement. That he was still active in my life. That he was still pouring into the situations that I was crying out. I was pouring my heart out then, and I'm still pouring some of them out today. And he's with me. As we spent time together, I experienced him to be trustworthy. And while I was walking back and forth, back and forth, he he healed my sweet man through open-heart surgery this July, light into darkness, amen. Ezekiel experienced the same thing. In Ezekiel 37, the Lord says to him, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. You know what? No matter where you are today, you're coming back to life. Ezekiel prophesies and the bones connect up. If you guys have not read this, you got to get your Bibles out. Like on the way home, when you're eating lunch, when you're whatever you're doing today, you got to read it because it is so awesome and fun. It is literally like a, a flash mob coming out from the desert. The bones literally, they grow tendons and they get skin. And all I can think of is like a great music video. It's not in the Bible. Don't quote me. (laughs) Don't say I said it on Facebook. But that's, to me, it was life. It was coming back to life in such a powerful and amazing way, like only God can do. You know what, not so many months ago, I could barely breathe. But his hand was on my shoulder and we walked some miles together. And now, too, I'm experiencing life. Really, right now, right in front of you, I'm coming back to life. I've started to ask God about his plans for me. I've started actually to have hope, and I've started to ask God to fill me with his dreams for what he purposed over me. And I'm actually serving with joy again light into darkness. John 1, 5 says, the light shines into darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. Because, see, darkness just can't overcome it. It just can't happen with Jesus. So my story is one of redemption, my whole life, really, story of redemption over and over and over again. And I'm just saying that he's here. His hand is on your shoulder, and he's bringing us back to life. And that's a beautiful part of the Christmas message, Really, that he came to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And so if you're struggling with anxiety or depression or despair or fear, it would just be such my joy, such the prayer team's joy to pray with you after church today. Because I'm going to tell you, even when you feel like it's just for everybody else, it's for you. And even when it doesn't seem like it's working out, it is. We just can't see it sometimes. Sometimes we just gotta be around people who can see a bigger vision and who can encourage us. So I wanna encourage you, if you need some help, we've got some names of really solid Christian counselors. I wanna encourage you to be in the word of God and I wanna just encourage you, even if you can't say a word, just be with them, just connect with them. I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful for you, for your encouragement, for your love for both of us, for your prayers for both of us. It is an honor, it's an absolute honor to be with you and to be part of the body of Christ called Valley Brook.
0: Yeah, it is, it is. Let me pray for her and for anybody else who's experiencing despair. Father, we are so grateful for your love for us. We're we grateful that you walk with us in the darkness that we experience in life, whether it's despair or anxiety or depression or, or fear. And Lord, I, I praise you that you put your hand on Cynthia's shoulder and you walked with her, and you brought her back to life. Amen. And, Lord, I pray that you will do that for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Cynthia, I appreciate you for being so transparent with our church family. It's uh, important that we do that as uh, followers uh, of Christ. You know, in this season, uh, with lighted Christmas decorations everywhere, it reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world, and we are encouraged to let his light shine into our lives, especially into the darkness in our lives. And today, we're talking about the darkness of despair. So, here's the first thing that I want you to know. God shines his light into our despair. Isaiah prophesied about this light so let's read about this from isaiah chapter 9 nevertheless there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress in the past he humbled the land of zebulun and the land of naphtali but in the future he will honor galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the jordan the people walking in darkness have seen a great light On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So you need to understand that at the time of this prophecy, the Assyrians were set to invade and to humble Israel. So they were and they would be in very deep, dark times with great suffering and despair, which is why God inspired Isaiah to write these to those who were walking in darkness and living in deep darkness. Now, to get a sense of what deep darkness means, uh, it can also be interpreted as the land of the shadow of death. Meaning death is a real and ever-present fear. So if you've ever experienced this kind of darkness before, then you know that that can be a place with no hope. But I've noticed something about the darkness of despair. There are degrees. You know, if you're able to walk through the darkness of despair, you discover that it's not as dark as the deep darkness of not being able to move in despair. God does not want us to live in despair. God created us with the emotions to be able to feel it, but he doesn't want us to stay in the deep darkness of despair. So let me go back to Israel. So they've been walking in the darkness of despair, but this prophecy says that there is a light that is going to shine in the darkness. And we know just from a casual experience with despair that when light shines into the darkness of your despair, when when physical light even shines into a dark room, the gloom dissipates. Your mood changes. So in a deeper matter, when the light that shone into Israel's darkness came, it changed their outlook. It changed their hope meter. And this is what God promised through that light. He promised that he would send the one who would carry the government and this one would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And not only would he govern with peace, he would govern with justice and righteousness forevermore. Now Israel knew this prophecy and they waited for this one to come and to save them from their enemies, from their conflicts, from the corruption of their very own government. And so coming into the first century of the world, uh, every Jewish person would know this prophecy pertained to the long-awaited Messiah. Thus, when Jesus began his ministry in about 33 A.D., people began to make the connection that Jesus was the one, that he was the Messiah. Look at what Matthew wrote. He saw it. So in Matthew chapter 4, we read these words. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun. And Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began his ministry, proclaiming that the kingdom of God was near and to repent. So Matthew, like so many others, including Jesus' uncle, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, he understood, they understood that Jesus was the great light that was shining in the lives of people living in darkness and that he was the light that was dawning over them and into the land of people who felt like they were living in the shadow of death. And this light was dispelling. The deep darkness of despair. They were recognizing what Jesus said about himself when he said in the gospel of John, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will walk in darkness, but will have, well, excuse me, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Through Jesus, God shines his light into the darkness of our despair So, if you have experienced or if you are experiencing despair, here's what I want you to know God walks with us in our dark despair. Now, if you just study the New Testament usage of the word darkness, you'll see that it can be used in two different ways it can describe ungodliness and immorality. And it can also be used to describe the darkness of despair. And in either of those experiences, it says that Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus is the personification of what King David wrote years ago in the 23rd Psalm when he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Jesus is God with us. Throughout this series of sermons, the constant message is this, that God walks with us when we're walking in darkness, whether it's dark from the dark times of loneliness or the darkness of fear or the deep darkness of despair. Jesus is the light of the world who shines into our darkness and who wants us to embrace his light. This is why God sent Jesus to make sure that we can walk with God forever while we live on this earth and when we enter into eternity. Jesus came to save us, to bring us eternal life, And he promised that he would be with us forever to walk with us through this life. And he keeps that promise. Even after he ascended into heaven, he keeps that promise by sending the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit becomes the Spirit of Christ present with us in our lives, walking with us through the darkness that we encounter, reminding us that he is with us and we can walk in the light despite whatever we experience So here's what you need to see this morning. Jesus is the light who brings hope to our despair. He's the light that brings hope to our despair. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, and he's writing about Jesus. He says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul's reminding us of, that Jesus is the light of the world who shines into our hearts, into our faces, into our lives. Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, wrote these words. He says, listen, you're God's chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out Of darkness into his wonderful light. God calls every single one of us out of darkness into his wonderful light. He calls us to follow him. He tells us that in Jesus we will always have the light of life. The Apostle Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians and he writes about the light of Jesus saying this. He says, We now have the light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed But not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. You see what he's saying? When we trust in Jesus and walk in the hope that he shines on us, we have the power of God in our lives. So when we experience the pressure of troubles, we're not crushed. When we feel perplexed by what's happening, we don't experience despair. When we feel hunted, we're never abandoned by God. And when we get knocked down by this life, we're not destroyed. Now, how does that work? It works By trusting in Jesus and deciding to walk in the truth that he is the light of the world, even when the world is tearing us down, even when we're going through troubles, it means letting his light shine into the darkness we experience. Lisa Turkhurst, we'll put her picture on the screen, She's a Christ follower, an author, and a speaker, and she has gone through great despair and darkness. When you hear her story, you'll wonder how she's still standing. Over the past three years, these past three years, she has experienced devastation in her marriage when her husband had an affair and did not want to reconcile with her for months. In the middle of her marriage crisis, She had an emergency surgery, and she ended up in intensive care for 15 days, and the doctors didn't think she would make it. When she did make it, on the heels of recovering from the surgery, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. In her own words, she writes, I have literally licked the floor of hell, but lived to talk about it. In a recent interview, I heard Lisa talk about how a trip to the Holy Land helped her walk in the light in this despair and what she learned from a teacher who spoke to her and the group she was with in the Garden of Gethsemane next to an olive grove right there in the garden. And the speaker said there are three things that we need to to learn about the olive tree that will help us walk through the despair of life. The first truth is this. The olive tree will not produce fruit in Jerusalem, unless it experiences the harsh harsh winds of the east and the refreshing winds of the west. In other words, it takes both hard times and good times to be fruitful and grow. As humans, she writes, we will not discover our purpose, will not be fruitful unless we recognize that we have to go through hard times and good times, because in that. God will let us see his light as we walk out of darkness. And then she shares, the second truth about the olive tree is that once the olive tree produces its fruit, olives, the fruit is useless until it's gotten rid of its hardness and its bitterness. And we are very much the same, she says. She goes, the the olive has to be cracked ever so slightly... And then it has to be salted and soaked and salted again and soaked again to get rid of both the bitterness and the hardness. And for us, she says, if we don't go through hard times, our human hearts have a propensity to stay hard and to get bitter. But when we go through painful experiences and and follow Jesus Christ, the light of the world, what we discover is that he'll use those painful experiences in our lives to soften us and, and make us more receptive and more humble to being used by God in our lives and in the lives of others to help them walk out of the darkness. But she says, you know, maybe the most important Truth about the olive tree is, is what's the most valuable thing about it. And it's not the olive. It's the oil that comes from the olive. And how was that oil gotten? By crushing the olives. The oil is the only thing from the olive tree, she writes, that can be transformed into light. Light out of darkness. So... We need to know as followers of Jesus Christ, when we walk through difficult times, like Cynthia described, when we walk through despair and darkness, when we feel crushed, we know that we have a God who loves us and will not let us be crushed. And he can use those experiences in our lives and in the lives of others to help walk from darkness into light. What Lisa Turkus experienced created great despair, and fear and loneliness. But she sensed the Lord was with her like a light shining into her darkness. And so she let Jesus light the way through cancer surgery. After which she was declared cancer free. And then God did something even more miraculous. And I saw it posted on her Instagram page this week. Just by a God incident. This Tuesday, it appears that she and her husband reconciled and renewed their vows. We'll put a picture on the screen, but listen to what she writes. On an unusually sunny Tuesday in December, we dressed up a bit and whispered healing words, heartfelt promises, and holy vows. A million prayers... A miracle answer, a marriage restored. Praise God. As John writes, "The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it." Let me go back to the words that, that Paul wrote in Second Corinthians, and, and I'm going to read them a little bit of out, a little out of order, but, but listen to what Paul says. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed." We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down but we are not destroyed. We have this light shining into our hearts. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. You know, only Lisa and her husband can tell you how their marriage was restored, but I am certain that they made decision. After decision in the deep darkness of despair to follow the light of Jesus out of their darkness. From the, from the interview I read, I listened to, it's clear that she made daily decisions in her life to be in community with other followers of Jesus Christ, with people who knew her, with people who loved her. And she made decisions to stay close to God by praying. Regularly, daily, multiple times by reading God's word and claiming his promises. And she made decisions to seek out Christ followers and Christian counselors to help her. Now, I can only imagine that in that dark pit of despair many times, many times over these three years, she did not feel like doing those things. But she knew that it was important to do those things for her personal spiritual healing, her relational healing, her physical healing, and she did them regardless of whether she would be healed physically or her marriage would be restored. We demonstrate our maturity in following Jesus when we choose to be faithful In doing those same things in our relationship with him. Those things that keep us connected with God. Those things that keep us connected with God's family, the body of Christ. When we do those things, we are following those disciplines that help us grow and stay connected to the one who is the light of the world and calls us to walk in light. And when we do that, we're responding to the spirit of Christ who lives in us and is always nudging us to walk In the light. So, what does that mean for us if we find ourselves in the darkness of despair? Well, if you're in despair today, or if you feel like you're headed that way, or if you have somebody in your life who is, remember that Jesus is the light of the world who shines into our dark despair to give us hope. And it means that you need to stay connected to God through reading the Bible, through praying, and through gathering with God's family to worship. The the practice of being in community as followers of Jesus is not just to do something on Sunday, it's for us to be connected and to care and love one another. And so my challenge to you is every Sunday when we gather to, to take that not as a time where you think you've come to get something, But take it as a time where you've come to give something to God and to one another. And we talk about joining life groups, small gatherings of people to study the Bible, to pray and to encourage one another. It's so critical, so important for our walk with Christ. So I encourage you to do these things. And to find a a brother or a sister to walk with you in that darkness Now, I do need to pause for a moment and and talk about deep despair and and dangerous situations. If you are in despair because of a life-threatening situation, you need to know that we are here to help you. If you're in such deep despair that you're thinking about ending it all by committing suicide, then you need to come and talk to me. Come to talk to our staff. We will help you out. We will walk with you through this. In fact, uh, I'm going to ask everybody to write this number down, and you should keep it in your phone for whenever you have a friend that may be in despair like this it's the national suicide prevention lifeline the first 3 numbers are simple it's 800 273 8255 800 273 8255 look we weren't made to walk through this life alone so we need to connect with one another and if you're feeling that desperate you need to talk to somebody so come see me today if you're in deep despair because you're being abused sexually physically verbally emotionally spiritually don't be silent do not keep that secret tell me or tell someone you trust And we will help you. Listen, abuse or violence against anyone is a sin against them, and it's a sin against God. And as a church, we will not stand for that. If you're in deep despair, and if you're willing to admit it, we're here to help you. Find a way. We'll walk with you. We'll help you find a support group. We'll help you find a counselor. We'll walk with you but don't keep it to yourself. As we close this morning, we're going to close with a song that's had a lot of meaning for me uh, during this season. You know, when I was going through my own experience of hopelessness and, and despair, the words of this song seemed to define both the hopelessness I felt, but the hope that I knew was in Christ. And so it became a song that I sang over and over and over. It's a song that I choose, that I chose to sing. It was the discipline of praising God and worshiping when I didn't feel like praising God and worshiping because of the situation. So we're going to sing it this morning, and I invite you to, and I I hope it ministers to you like it ministers to me. But one final thing, if you're in despair and you want to pray with somebody, I'm going to invite the prayer team members to come on up. And they'll just gather along the front, and you can just come up during the song, and and they'll pray with you. And they'll be here after the service to pray with you. And so uh, I just encourage you to come up and see them. So would you stand? as we sing this song, Do It Again. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.